And we are live and we are back. Let's go. I'm Corey, your host, one half of the Corner of the Fed podcast. And I am back like I never left with another installment of, see, money minds that don't ring like Wealth Wednesday do because Wealth Wednesday got alliteration. But another installment of Money Mindset. This is your first time tuning in. My co-host and I started what was originally Wealth Wednesdays when Jordan went on paternity leave, but we started Wealth Wednesday, which is now rebranded to Money Money Mindset. We get straight to the financial information. No filler in between. And I know y'all see the topic of today's video. It's a little bit older article. One of the reasons I started Money Mindset so I can get through some of these older articles, but I saw that people in America talking about 300K almost is not enough a year. That's how much they need to live comfortable. But I, I haven't looked at the article yet, so we're going to get into it today. But before we get started, make sure you all comment, like, share, and subscribe. Shout out to the YouTube algorithm. Make sure you leave those rating reviews on the podcast platforms as well. Shout out to the last video, the best video all the time on According to Full Effect episode. Y'all was out there leaving comments and stuff. I had to respond to the comments. I think there was a troll in there. I had to respond to the troll. We still had the situation where we're going to respond to all the comments so you know if you see me respond to a troll you don't know if it's me or jordan but if you see us responding to a troll that's just because we don't keep the engagement up so if you have a comment leave a comment the guy said i wasn't uh he said could you stay on the topic bro geez i'm like was i not always talking about something student loans or student loans related i know i go on tangents but usually my tangents about student loans are about student loans slash debt so hey all feedback is welcome and we do our best to take it into full effect and implement it for full effect now before i get started my information as well as my coach general information coach jordan information is in the show notes i'm supposed to depend pin the comment don't don't worry the comments gonna get pinned i'm i'm almost recovered from being sick so i missed recording but i had to record today so keep on the original schedule but we almost back there this year. The devil tried to get me at the start of this year. My wife and I had so many things that we were like, okay, we're about to get rock and rolling this year. And then I was sick on December 30th. So, and I got her sick like three days later. So, we back recovering. We're going to get started. And don't sue me, sue your mama. This is for entertainment purposes only. Myself, no Jordan, or fitness or finance professionals. Everything you hear is for entertainment purposes only. And anything you hear, you need to seek out professional and do your own research before taking any action. All right. I'm a little brain fart, I guess. I guess I didn't get that much sleep last night, which is why my brain is the morning. Whatever. Y'all know how we do on here. Student loans. No need to talk about student loans. So we talked about them on the last episode. Shout out to Mohila and their restart of all the payments and everything getting messed up. But today, we're going to go to Forbes today, y'all. All right. Shout out to Forbes. Is 284K a year. That's the number, the exact number. 284K a year enough. And y'all, I have been watching well i watched the last episode because it was i was like what's going on i think it's like i put a description so i gotta continue to put description and see if that helps me and the algorithm helps us but it helps me when i upload these videos i know i need to talk more into the mic but for those of you listening on the podcast my screen is like to the left of me it's not in front of me as far as how my mic is positioned so I left my mic so i gotta like turn to look at the screen when i'm talking and i know i need to slow down but if you know me i've been talking fast my whole life so that's just part of my genetic code i guess i'm doing my best all right, but here we go. We don't get into it. it. Shouldn't be that long of an article. Americans think they need to make two hundred eighty-four thousand dollars a year to be happy, and they're wrong. And so is the research. I, I never saw that they're wrong, and so is the research. I would. Y'all think the wrong is going to be they need to make more than two hundred eighty-four k or less than? Let's be clear. 
happiness is subjective. So you can't say people are wrong about what they need to make to be happy. But let's see, you know, how much they define happiness in this article. And my guess is they're going to say Americans need to make more money to be happy. Um, assuming this is going to be involved in debt. See, I don't know why I got these advertisements on the right side. My wife must be up here on the computer. This is egregious. Look at these feet. What is that? It's not AI feet. My, is it 10% off on the feet? Anyways, I guess all that guy said I need to be focused. This is by Ron Shelvin, senior contributor, observations from the FinTech Snark Tank. And this was released on November 26, 2023. All right, here we go. Observations from the FinTech Snark Tank. How much money, more money, would you need to make to make you happy? That's the question financial services firm Empower put to Americans in a recent survey, which revealed I use Empower. Rest in peace, meant financial happiness means different things to different people. Two thirds of respondents associated on time bill payment and being debt free with financial happiness. This is why I can only. This is why I can only laugh at people who knock Dave Ramsey. Most people's goal is to get out of debt and get out of debt and on time bill payment. Essentially, you know, they want to pay their debt slash bills on time and they want to get out of debt. That is most people's financial goals when you sit down with them. I can talk about that from a. A teller experience, a financial coaching experience, but most people's goal is to get out of there. I believe all my clients but one, two. All my clients but two of their primary their primary goal was to get out of debt. So this is what people and this is what people want to do. If people didn't want to get out of debt, it'd be hard for Dave Ramsey, now known as Ramsey Network, to be successful. Most people want to get out of debt. As you can imagine how much debt Americans have half said happiness would be able to afford everyday luxuries without worry debt, so, you know, not have to go into debt for luxuries. While others said is found in spending on experiences with those they cherish and optimism for what's next. More money equals less problems. Rest in peace, Biggie. Seven in 10 respondents said that having more money would solve most of their problems. Others said that. 15,000 would have a meaningful impact in their lives. Yeah, because most people don't got $1,000. Where's that? Is that bank rate? I guess I do need to focus. Sorry, my brain be ran. Be. I got to pull up the art. Look, build it as you fly. Recipes, Kevin Samuels. I thought about it, so I brought it up. All right, here we go. Let me get these women off the screen. I know it's gonna come that way. All right. Okay, seven again. Seven out of ten people said, "Excuse me, more money would solve most of their problems." A third said that fifteen thousand be meaningful impact in their lives and boost their feeling of financial happiness for six months. <clears throat> for forty-two percent of Americans, twenty-five thousand would be needed to have an impact, but. For 17%, all they would need is 5000 Again, people don't have any money, as I've said many times on here. Americans need a lot of money to be happy. So, again, I said it's going to be more than, oh, no, okay, we're going to see what actually is. Overall, Americans, this is based off the data, so they need an annual income of 284 k a year to be happy. About four times, to, yes, today's median income. Median income is around, I think, seven-ish, I believe. I mean, excuse me, 70000 um and, okay 74k i told you i don't read the articles ahead of time i swear to god i don't like i don't even read the, the complete the whole sentence men need more than twice as much 730 i mean excuse me 381k versus 183k as women do clearly my wife and three daughters weren't serving <clears throat> millennials put their number at a whopping for yep, half, half a mil 
with Gen Zers and Gen Xers and baby boomers expressing a need for 125 to 30k annually. See, Gen Zers is what the Money Guy show they call it the messy middle. You're in that 30s, 40s. That's where a bulk. What's where what last Gen Zers I believe is 96. So they're not 30 yet. They're what 20, 20. They're turning 27 this year, or no, they're turning 28 this year, 2024, because we're in a new year. Excuse me, yeah, they're turning 28 this year. So the youngest millennial is going to be 28 at the end of this year. And the oldest, I believe, is going to be, what is it, 44, 1981, 43, 43. All right. So millennials are in that late 20s, mid 40s, mid 40s, early to mid 40s range, which is where like they have a house or kids. You've already had your kids and your kids are starting to get up in age, you know, more events, things like that. Expenses are at an all time high. All right, expenses at all time high, your responsibilities, your commitments, everything is at an all time high when you're in that that messy middle, as I said, the money guy um, show likes to call it. And on top of that, usually your friends, your counterparts in the same situation. So you're in that what you just sort of transition out the wedding season, house buying season, baby shower, birth. Now you're in the, after baby showers at birthdays, right? Everybody's sort of doing the same thing at the same time. And I, I can attest to that situation. And alas, well, since 2018 and now going to 2025, 20, so um, in that seven-year period, because we got, I believe, almost three weddings scheduled for 2025, weddings, almost all these people have gotten married, some of them got divorced, had kids, bought a house, all, all that stuff has taken place in less than 10 years for a majority of my friend group. So I can highly attest to this. And you start, look, as many of my friends that have kids. I said, my son really can't have no friends in school because he got, you know, we got my friend's kids birthday parties and my son's going to make friends in school and we got their birthday party too. And I'm thinking, well, I can't be buying everybody's kid a gift. That That's, that's crazy. You should, you should buy your kid a gift. Anyways, there's a magic net worth that produces happiness. This is about net worth. Okay. The generations also diverge on their perspectives on, on what net worth would be required to produce happiness. Half a million would make Gen Zers happy. They're about to retire. No, excuse me, Gen Zers. Or Gen Zers don't know what to talk about. They just got Gen Zers would need more than half a million because of inflation by the time they retire. Most of Gen Zers are, are still under eighteen. Baby boomers want twice that, right? Because they're retiring and want, and it would take it to one point seven million, right, for millennials. True, because millennials are like we like look, these numbers is crazy out here. We need more attractions, right? Yeah, you know where that's from. Shout out to you. All right. My, how things have changed in 2019. Why do you say my? Okay, anyway, 2019 study from Department 26 found that millennials don't believe in money. They believe in themselves. Who, what? I, I, see how I'm supposed to stay on track when they make a statement like this. They have a link to the study. It's like, well, now I got to read the study. Wh what? <clears throat> Price of happiness, desired net worth. Okay, was, uh, I can barely see this chart. Um, All is, okay, 1.2. Gen Z is 487,000, millennials 1.7, Gen X is 1.2, and then boomers is right at under a million. Other findings from the study include these nonsensical results. <clears throat> now it's got to be question what does nonsensical mean? I mean, it don't make sense. Yeah, no meaning, right. 62% of millennials saying they're willing to pay. These results, no, these results are sensical. They're not nonsense, sensical. 62% of millennials say they're willing to pay $7 for a daily coffee because of the joy it brings. That's important, okay? Because 
okay, if you pay $7, right, for a daily coffee, okay, and they're roughly 30 days, right, in a month, seven times three is $210, right? If you could invest that $210 on a monthly basis, is this me? No, I really don't care what the guy said, but if you know me, I'm an asshole, so I'm going to keep, you know, since somebody said I don't stay on topic, am I now not going on topic because this article brought up, you know, spending coffee every day, right? So that's roughly 30 days in a month, so that's seven times 30, which is 210. I'm going to calculate, you know, how much money you could have if you invested $210, right? Over the course of, this is millennials. So let's just say 30 years for millennials, right? Am I, am I wrong for doing that? $210. Here we go. Let's see what it is. I mean, hey, look, $204,000 <coughs> alone on your coffee trips. Now you got to continue to invest that every month. But this is what you hear some people talk about in the financial space where you don't really see the true cost of things and how things add up. Yeah, you don't have to stop going to Starbucks, but every day, spending $7 every day when people are complaining that they have no money or living paycheck to paycheck, living paycheck to paycheck then something like spending $7 on coffee every day when you can go to the store and, you know, significantly reduce your cost. Shout out to Graham Stephan, who got, I don't know if he has a whole bunch of videos, but he, he I forgot how much he spends, but he spent maybe what, 50 cents? I mean, I mean, might be too much, but he doesn't spend barely any money because he makes his coffee at home and he's a multimillionaire. And so these are the things where, a lot of people don't see how they add up when they say don't cut the coffee. The coffee is a sign of a lack of discipline. If you, you're saying you have no money and you're spending $7 every day to get coffee, literally every day that says daily coffee, even if it's just five days a week as far as a work week, that shows a lack of discipline. So it's not more that you need to cut out the coffee in and of itself. The coffee, even though coffee is a drug, liquid, right? The issue is you need to rein in your discipline and you have consistency, your consistent discipline about getting your coffee, but you don't see how this is adding up and impacting other parts of your finances. Because if you don't realize how this is destroying you, talking about you living paycheck to paycheck, then, you know, when we talk about more complicated things, investing, taxes, all these other various things, you're definitely going to have a hard time. 73% of people say they'd give up. Oh, wait, hold on. I forgot reading this. They can't get the same level of joy from a $5 cup of coffee. Oh, that's what he's saying. They can't get this. How about don't don't spend five dollars a day on coffee either? Seventy three percent of people say they give up social media if it meant financial happiness. Yeah, if you give up social media, you probably will have financial happiness because that time you're spending on social media that isn't truly benefiting you. Some people do get paid, right? Social media, leverage it. Cool. Shout out to them. But for most people, Social media truly has no benefit for them as far as how much time they spend on it. You turn around, direct that time and said, invest that time into building your skill set, improving your resume, whatever you do from a career standpoint, or some of you might be trying to do a, a transition as far as your career. Spend that time on social instead of spending time on social media, spend that time working on yourself. Hell, some of you just need to go to the gym <clears throat> and you just need to work out so you got energy to do things. With the, ex, with the exception of a small percentage of people, okay, again, I don't read these things ahead of time. With the exception of a small percentage of people who generate income from their social media efforts, social media participation doesn't impact financial happiness. So why ask about this nonsense connection? See, who is who is this person? This is Rob, Robin, Ron, Rob, Robin, Ron. Is that a combination? I don't know about Ron on this one. While we're getting rid of junk fees, we can also ban junk research. Kudos and power for touching a nerve with the study, which earned coverage in major news outlets like CBS, Fortune, and Yes, and Yes, meaning Yes being a, a major news outlet, and then Forbes. The research, however, has some flaws which unpung its legitimacy. 
Happiness is neither a binary nor measurable concept. Again, like I said, subjective. Asking someone what would make them happy implies that there is a level that can be attained or a bar to be cleared. There is a bar at some point. <clears throat> I believe they already did a psychological study on this as far as, I believe now, adjusted for inflation, that number's going to be a little around $100,000. might be a little more now because that was 2023 numbers. But it was around 70K or so. I think the study was in like 2010, 2011, something like that. But in short, once you make over a certain amount of money, you don't really truly feel any happiness as far as the money itself. Other things need to come into play outside of just making more money. So you do need to make a certain amount of money to be happy. Also, let's be very clear. Well, I mean, I said I'm going to keep saying instead of not saying what I want to say, I want to be, you know, not PC, but just just watch what I say permanent Internet. I mean, how many people who have no money are happy? Like, what's that study? And let's take it, you know, are people in poverty happy? Are we going to sit here and let let us believe that people who do not make enough money to afford the necessities for whatever reason, are we going to say they're happy? People in an impoverished community, Section 8, those people are happy, right? So if poor people for sure aren't happy, then it, it, you definitely at least need, you definitely would rather have money and not be happy than not have money and not be happy, right? Shout out to more money, less problems or more money, more problems. But the amount of people who grew up in an impoverished, struggling situation, and then they've made it, um, made success from financial, uh, are successful financially, Jesus, tongue tied. Those people let you know one of their main reasons or the main drive is that they never want to go back to the situation they were living in growing up or from a time experience, you know, as an adult, they lost all their money when they were adult. So I've, I've never heard people who had no money who at any point in time who then got money and still have it saying they want to go back to having no money. All right. So let, let's be careful when we keep people keep saying, Hey, you know, money doesn't buy you happiness, whatever. Okay, cool. you be over there and don't have your money. All right. Yeah. Bar can be clear. That would make them change from unhappy or not happy, which are not the same things. <laughs> unhappy and not happy to a state called happy. This ha isn't how happiness works. However, how does happiness work? They didn't explain how happiness worked. The research doesn't break out. How, how are you going to say this isn't how happiness works and you don't explain how happiness works? Research doesn't break out happiness by income and net worth. The study captures a percentage of respondents who are happy with various aspects of their financial life, but it doesn't report results by income and net worth. It's possible that there are a lot of Americans who make and have a lot of money, but are financially unhappy. And those that don't make or have a lot of money, but are happy. Sure, it's possible, but they didn't show up in this study. So now you have to go do your study to refute this data. All right. You can't you can't just say you disagree with data and not provide new data. All right. It's possible for a lot of Americans to make have a lot of money, okay? And those that right. It's also feasible that there are many people happy with what they already have, and that may still be happy with less than what they currently have. What? The state of happiness in America Day. Dang, it's all right. I can barely read this article. Oh, my apologies. Well, it's not my, it's not my fault. I mean, apologies for me being quiet. You know, I don't want to be. They're saying 80% are happy at home. Overall happiness, 75% with relationships, 72% at work, 68% in the financial aspect, 63% with financial goals, with plans to get financial goals, with plan, with financial freedom, allies. What? I can't even read who whose data that is. Okay, state of happiness of American empower. 
The questions are impossible to answer accurately. If you don't make anywhere near 500,000 today, how could you possibly know what it's like to make that kind of money? Because anyone who's ever made more money, they know what it's like to make more money. What? You, you're, tell, you're telling me you don't know what it's like to get paid more money than you previously were making on any type of basis, month to month, year to year, whatever it is, day to day. I mean, mo not most, but a lot of people were, were um, you know, waitress to servers and they get paid every day. Man, you can, t you can, their, their mood it can almost be determined by how much they get tips. Excuse me. Anyone who's been in a relationship with people, you know, who are waiters or waitresses, man, you know, it's like dating them people and how they feel. Man, I make a lot of money today. Now you got, you got to deal with issues because people didn't tip them well. Then when you want to go out and tip people well, they get upset. It's like, I, I tip people well because I keep hearing you complain about not getting tipped well. So I, I'll make sure I tip well. I mean, I'm tip well regardless, but you know. But now that now they got to be a critic of, of, the, of the server. You might be better able to meet the financial commitments you currently have. But what's not to say that you wouldn't have new commitments that will be equally hard to meet at a 500K income level. This goes back to the discipline and the $7 coffee. So lifestyle inflation. So all this is saying is why wouldn't you have lifestyle inflation? True. Most people have lifestyle inflation, but this goes back to the whole financial movement where people are trying to help you be more financially literate, whether you agree with some people or not. <clears throat> the whole point is to have discipline. And so when you get to this 500K level, obviously depending on where you come from, right? As far as, you know, you're going from 450 to 500K. But for if you're the average person making that 74K or the median, whatever number it was, average or median, and then all of a sudden now you're making 500K, you need to still have the discipline to manage this money and the wisdom. To underscore the self-serving nature of this research, <coughs> dang, this is a rag, they, they ragging on that. And Powers write up the results concludes with the following point. The secret to experience, experiencing more happiness, having a plan of action. 73% believe that's a solid financial plan would bring me happiness. Yes, a solid financial plan, which means you would have a plan to handle the 500K income. Really, a financial plan in and of itself isn't likely to produce happiness if you need to make four times more than you already do and need one million more in net worth. What do you mean one million more in net worth? I wouldn't say you need one million more. You need at least a million. What? Realizing the plan might do that, but the plan itself won't. But as they say, whatever makes you happy. What Ron, follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. Ron, Ron Shelvin, where where are your response? You just said you didn't like it. Ron Shelvin is the chief research officer at Quarterstone Advisors, where he researches does research on banking and fintech trends, helps share the direction of institutions and fintech. Okay, author of this stuff. Now, nah, Ron, we need more answers. We need we need we need you to he, Ron. You look like I gotta go to work. Ron, did, did, you didn't really. You just said you disagree, but you didn't give. <laughs> you had pushback, but you didn't tell people. You know where you're pushing them to instead. Shout out to Ron Shelvin. Shout out to the article. Again, Americans think they need to make 284k a year to be happy. They're wrong, and so is the research. Ron Ron didn't say what other research he had for a better situation. I guess he said people were screwed in America. You can't make this much money and, you know, you're not going to be able to have this level of net worth. He said a financial plan won't make you happy when it comes to your finances if you have to make more money. Well, wouldn't part of your financial plan be to increase your income? What? All right, y'all, that's it. Locked and loaded. Shout out to Ron Shelvin. Um, end of the episode. Again, make sure you comment, like, share, and subscribe. Leave those rating reviews on the podcast platforms as well. Again, my information as well as my co-host Jordan information is in the description on 
YouTube. All right. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please leave a comments. We're going to be responding to the comments. Let us know what we can improve on. Let us know what topics you want to talk, want us to talk about. I saw, if, for those who don't know, Jordan is government. I'm a government contractor. So we have, we had to be, we, we had Jordan definitely has to be careful what he says. We have to be careful the things that we say and or cover on here, even those things that we want to talk about just due to our, due to our job titles. I'm saying that because it's you know, our LinkedIn is public information. So some topics that we don't do want to talk about as far as everything in between, as I said, we're going to talk about more things on here. Some things we may not say or go in depth on because look, we got, we got families to take care of over here. So it's just that simple. All right. But that's it y'all. Remember to say more and say less. Keep making better your best. And I'll catch y'all in the next one.